each show just prepped, ready to go, probably about 45 minutes of content. And then, then Lou Lamorello decides that he's going to trade for, he's going to acquire another aging forward center at the center position. So uh, that ends all of the Horvat to Detroit rumors. Uh, whether, I don't know, I don't know where you guys stand on the fence of that. So maybe this is good news, bad news. I don't know how you guys feel. Depends if you want to keep Dylan Larkin or not, I guess. Really? Okay. So you're that way. I mean, we'll have it. We'll have a longer conversation about it, but like, I just find it funny that like we were about to, we're literally about an hour away from recording and then they drop on us. I'm glad like we didn't start and it happened during because I would have aged like milk. I would have really yeah. sucked. But like, what, like the first thing I thought of with this is uh, so Bo Horvat's going to be a New York Islander at the All-Star game. Oh, true. Yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> I mean, granted, he got voted in, so it wasn't he's not the Canucks representative, but he was still. So is he going to play for the Pacific or is he going to play for the Metro? Frig, yeah, that's tough. Maybe he just takes some bonus if he gets a bonus, like just sits out, takes some bonus. Because the Pacific now would be losing or would be down one guy. Uh, it's so weird. Did you guys see the stuff with the Mappineers now and then being replaced by Chandler Stevenson and Seattle doesn't have a representative? I didn't know Seattle didn't have one. I thought they had already had one. No, but so Beniers Beniers is hurt, and then Chandler Stevenson replaced him. I mean, regardless, I don't think all teams should, but um, I don't know. That's really weird. Like how little like that's. I think that's the the best way to encapsulate how much nobody cares about the NHL All Star Game. Because Seattle yeah. players were probably all like booked their flights and were like, oh, "We're not going." They couldn't. I, I'm guessing they couldn't find a replacement. And I think Vegas is one team that still had games, so they didn't get to leave. Which is another thing I'm like, okay, I'm on my soapbox right now, but oh, how dumb is it? Like the Red Wings and like the Oilers, I think have guys who are like already on vacation, but then other teams are playing. Yeah, like do those teams get a break after? Like, do they get a continued so. break? I think through? so. I think okay, so. Well. I know the Red Wings play the Oilers right out of the break. That's their first yeah, game next Tuesday, right? Yes. Yeah. Still, it's just so strange to me. Like, why? Why isn't this all like one cohesive week? I guess so the NHL can keep their like TV going and whatnot. I don't know. It seems dumb to me personally. Probably for TNT and stuff like that for the Wednesday night hockey games. Probably. I don't know. Strange. But I did find it funny that like Seattle's like, no, I'm not going. Yeah. I'm good. Like Daniel Sprong or something like that, and not that Daniel. It probably would have been Vince Dunn. Vince Dunn's actually had a sick year. Even though I just trade. I traded. That would have been wild if. A fourth liner and Daniel Sprong would have made it to the All Star game. That would have been fun, dude. I'm saying accuracy shot. He can score. I think he would lead the Red Wings in goals, so <laughs> we shouldn't say too much. All I'm saying is plays fourth line minutes. It's true. Uh welcome into another episode of the Production Line Podcast. Um one of your hosts, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And Andy. Andy, how you feeling? A little rusty? Yeah, a little rusty. Tired. Just woke up from a nap. Tough life you live. Tough life you live. Um, on this episode, we'll talk about kind of recap quickly some of the games. Again, we were off last week, scheduling issues and all. Um, we'll kind of preview the trade deadline for the Red Wings, who could be on the outs. Um, guys like Tyler Bertuzzi could be a hot name going on right now. Um, and Dylan Larkin contract talks, another big thing going on with Red Wings fans, and maybe some other news around the league, uh, especially that Bo Horvat trade that just popped off. Uh, start kind of starting where we left off of the last episode. Uh, we kind of were talking like a little pre-show. I kind of feel as if these games are kind of a, a little, little kind of similar in the sense of the Red Wings are kind of beating teams. I mean, besides Vegas, beating teams that are they're directly ahead of in Montreal and San Jose, but then they're losing to teams like Philly and the Islanders, who they are a little bit below. And what do you kind of th- like, Grant? You, I know you kind of kicked back on that. I I don't they're not below Philly and they're hardly below the Islanders if at all. I know I mean I don't know. I'm I'm talking strictly like points like points right now. I know points percentage the Reddings are ahead of both those teams. Actually the they're, Islanders they're not, not ahead no, of not, the Islanders. Not but, the Islanders, but Florida I mean, or, yeah, Florida and Philly. It's hard to say that cuz this was just a four game stretch. Like literally a week ago they just lost to the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. So I, I really think they've struggled against some bad teams this year. So, I mean, like, they had lost to Columbus not long ago, too. That was an ugly one. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not 
as easy as just they're beating teams they're better than and losing teams they're not better than. Maybe I should have phrased it a little differently. Um, they're similar in the sense of how the outcomes have gone. Because defensively, the Red Wings have – that's not really their issue right now. Offensively, they're an absolute nightmare. They cannot score to save their lives. Yeah. I mean, just reading off, uh, Red Wings score three against Vegas, three against San Jose, four against Montreal, one against Philly, zero against the Islanders in the last five. That's like I, again, four against Montreal is not much to say, as considering they're missing Cole Caulfield, um, Brendan Gallagher. I feel like I'm missing another person. Jake yeah. Allen left with an injury. I think he like he's done now for a while again. Like no, the corpse no, of Jake Allen, like huh? Armia. Oh Sikorsky. yeah. Oh, forgot about him. Yeah. Uh, Carey Price. Jake uh, Evans. Close. Yeah, Jake Evans. <laughs> Carey Price. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a big one right there. He's still on the roster. Shea Weber. Well, he's yeah, in, yeah. he's technically Vegas Golden Knight now. Vegas, yeah, yeah. What a league! Good cap system we have. Joke, but uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. It's just it, the way the Red Wings are playing right now, and they're primarily being carried by guys who are having. How do I phrase this? Like guys, like not surprising. Yeah, kind of surprising seasons. Like their their young players are carrying them. There, long way for me to say that. Um, Lucas Raymond has been very good of late, looking like he like he did last year. Um, Jake Wallman again, I guess not a young guy, twenty six right now, but still doing still doing quite well. This is the best. Most Siders probably been the best player across this three week span. I don't know. Am I overstepping there? Yeah, Do I don't you, think like, he's been the best player. No, he's been a lot better than he started the season, but I wouldn't say he's been the best player. Who'd you say? Who'd you say the best player's been then? I don't really have a name just off the top of my head. I would say that Cider's taken a couple games off in this span, but it's been a lot better than it was at this at the start of the season. Okay, I don't um, really think I anyone's think... been that consistent through the span. Maybe Michael yeah, Rasmussen that's, then that's what is that tickle say. your fancy? He's been good compared yeah. to last year's standards. Put it my way, yeah, he's been our best player. Well, I mean, not fully last year's standards. I mean, since since the start of 2022, he's been been pretty consistent. And this year, he's been. I think 2023. Every year, his New Year's resolution keeps kicking up a notch. What was his one this year? Well, I, yeah, just, say, was, I'm just uh, I'm just saying maybe he doubled down. He got he got better. Gotcha. He got even better. Uh, gotcha. No, I've really loved his game. I mean, he had two strung two back to back games where he was pretty dominant in terms of the analytic and the eye test. I felt like. He's really helped Andrew Cop's game too. And I did love the comment from Derek Lalonde that centers are now going up to him and asking for Michael Rasmussen to be on on their wing. Which I think is pretty indicative of his of his game right now. I wouldn't be surprised right now if that's like Dylan Larkin like banging on the door, be like, listen, like, I need help. Other than that, I was just gonna I was gonna suggest that today. I'd like to see him get a small span there. That... Well he did he did for like part of a he was during the San Jose game. He was there for I think the first period and a half, but then the second line was getting caved in and then they flopped it and then they went back to cop um, Rasmussen and Perron, which has been working very well. Like it's been probably Detroit's most dangerous line, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And other than that, it's been kind of a hit or miss of what actually works. But yeah, I've really loved Rasmussen's game and he's starting to get some much needed attention. And I was looking at uh, Dom decisions, uh, charts today of like what the contract value is and we look at it like you'd be pretty depressed like with the rest of the red wings we're a lot of negative value and stuff like that but uh rasmussen right now bringing i think it was almost four million dollars in surplus value right now which is pretty pretty neat he was like valued at almost nearly a five million dollar player i'm gonna say is that like right around five five and a half yeah but i think it was like something like five jake wallman right now is i mean he's absurd he's like near an eight million dollar player according to the the chart which is pretty nuts pretty fun to I see mean, yeah he's flourishing i guess a bit just a bit yeah, i guess he is <laughs> <laughs> for throwing um, in the trade that's definitely wild yeah i mean we did get uh some fun content with the dad strip though the dad strip I case cider might be my favorite human the i didn't see of... any of it you didn't see any of it no. Oh my god, him taunting the Montreal fans was hilarious. 
Oh boy. When doing the doing the ears, right? Because their box is right above the fans. It was so funny. And then the dads had like these little chants going on, like the European chants in the in like the in the box. Oh, they're they're slosh too. Like uh Dylan Larkin's dad just absolutely pounding the Coors lights. Love to see it. No free ads. Excuse me. Unnamed unnamed <laughs> uh domestic light beer in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> um no, it was uh, it was pretty fun to see. I mean, they got a pretty entertaining game in Montreal, that's for sure. I mean, again, like kind of going back to Rasmussen, I thought Grant was going to choke him on the play where he almost blew it in OT. Yeah, that was – he had a really good game, but that was a miserable shot into the shins. <clears throat> One of my pet peeves. But he made I... came back and made a beautiful play to end the game. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that play by Cider, too. Just uh, the patience to wait for Rasmussen to get the line – and hold out his stick so it wasn't off, and then Rasmussen drawing all the attention, and Fabry has an easy tap in, which happy to see Fabs score again, which is Fabs cool. Needed needed that. Yeah, he's been a little cold yeah. recently. A little cold. I know he's been kind of up and down the lineup too. They've been asking him to do a couple different things with a bunch of different guys as the bottom six keeps being shuffled. Um, but no, uh, Cider. I think it, it was a three assist game this game. I believe. Yeah. 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 Not too bad. I think that ties Lidstrom for. That uh, three assist or multi is what was it three point nights for defenseman? I think it was something like that. It was like twelve. I think it was his twelfth in his career already before the age of twenty one or twenty two. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. Um, no, and then they go in the go to New York, and I love how. Why do the Red Wings get stuck with the ESPN game? Like every time the Red Wings are on an ESPN game, it's always bad. Or a national broadcast, I should even say. Yeah. Like, John Bucigras was openly, like, making fun of the game on air. Saying how this is boring. And he was, like, I think he was tweeting about the Buffalo game during the game. It was a boring game, though. I mean... Oh, I, I'm not I'm not, I'm not. not judging him anything. Like, that was an awful... Like, I have, the only notes I have from that game is Magnus Helberg was pretty good. That's, that's, that's all hilarious. I can pull from it. <laughs> no, the Red Wings good for Bucci. Good yeah, like he was, he was literally like, he's like, go, like, I think the Red Wings got a power play or something. He was like talking about how dull it was. <laughs> I'd be doing the same exact thing. Yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. It was quite literally one of the most boring games. And then they had a couple like exciting games going on in the league, and I'm like, I, they definitely like didn't plan this out ahead. Two teams well, that mean, are, are allergic first, to allergic to scoring. Yeah, and you don't plan a back to back for a team that can't score as it is. And yeah. a team that's traveling to a place where they're just going to be shut down offensively. Yeah, both teams did what they wanted. Like in terms of like a road game for this current iteration of the Red Wings, I I honestly kind of called it a success. They just couldn't score. I honestly didn't, didn't think it was that bad. I just I didn't. It was, really it was just boring. boring. It was just boring. boring. Yeah. No, they like both teams did what they wanted to do. I mean, the one was it um, a Lee's goal. Basically, he was on his stomach. Like that's a fluke play. That's it's not a skilled like goal scorer's goal. I don't even remember who scored the the second one. There wasn't a lot of like high danger chances. Brock way. Nelson, I think. He's been pretty good. I like Brock Nelson personally. Same. Yeah, he's a good. He's a good player. My my only argument with that game was the power play it was horrible. You have to find yeah. ways to score. I, I think it was like five power plays. Four or five, yeah. Granted, the Islanders have, I think, the league's best penalty kill. I don't care. I know I, it's still garbage. I mean, even if you get five chances, you need to score one. It was it was four actually, but still, my point exactly. So four, one's even, yeah, that means even more. You should you should score on one out of four. Yeah, that's indicative of a good power play. And they didn't. They did not. Like Chronic was like of only... average average power play, not even. <laughs> No, 25% is a good power play. 25% is a pretty good power play. Yeah. The Red Wings right now are hovering around 20, which when we were growing up was pretty solid. Like that was an average power play. Now it's your 20th, 25th in the league. I think they're 20th right now, right? I th- yeah. With like, with like 20% or 19. Yeah. They kind of seem to be 20th in about a, just about every category in the league, which is <laughs> concerning. Yeah. It's concerning. Um, it's weird. This year's so weird. I mean, we can kind of just get right into how 
the rest of the season, how we kind of feel it's going to shake out in terms of trade deadline and like outlook, team building, all of that fun stuff. And again, in a vacuum, I think the Red Wings are still like on pace for roughly like 84, 85 points. And I think going in, we would have taken that this year. But like you yeah. look at like how they've played in certain like certain points, you're like, this is this is definitely repeatable. This, this could happen and probably push for a lot closer to a playoff spot. And with the additions you make in Cop, Peron, um, Puso, Kubalik, you're hoping that provides a lot more. But then you also have to factor in Tyler Bertuzzi's year, Jacob Verana's year. There's a lot of goals go- coming out of there as well. So while you added a bunch of offense, you also lost about, probably just an equal amount of offense in terms of goals for a team that was yeah. already starved to score. It's pretty it's interesting. Not, it's just the highs and lows. The highs and lows of a mid-team, as Grant said earlier. As the kids would say. As the kids would say. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we can go into some of the guys who – like what the what do you guys think the Red Wings should do? Like if you're Steve Eisman, what approach are you taking to the T building? I'm giving you the keys. I'm Chris Illich. Uh, I'm gonna build a area between for between like Little Caesars Arena and like Comerica for like. No, no, no. I, no, you, sorry. I'm Chris Illich. I'm not doing that. You're Steve uh, Eisman. Uh, you're Steve Eisman. We're not doing that. My wallet's not that big, even though um, I said it was. I'm staying pretty much pat. I think I think you look to possibly move guys who are on like short term deals or like expiring, but I don't think you're going like too crazy, right? It's not like sell the ship and you're not buying the ship because. You don't want to give up too many assets. Um, yeah. So there's like a lot of very interesting guys that you could look to move. Um, that might have really high value right now. I think Bertuzzi is one that might not have the best value right now, but ultimately with contract negotiations, that could be one that, if things get tough, he might have to be moved. Um. Then you're looking at like Olimata as a rental. Osterly, if someone wants to really make a rental there. Um, uh, the other two D, I won't even say. Um, <laughs> like Sunquist would probably get some buyers. You'd probably have to retain, though. Um, Suter, also, you'd have to retain. Like these are all guys that I think would have interest, whether or not you want to sell them or not, or if you'd get enough back. Ernie have to retain as well. I'm sure a guy like interestingly enough though, depending on what your aspirations are for next year, two guys that I find really intriguing are David Perron and Dominic Kubalik. I think yep. more so Kubalik than Perron because Kubalik's numbers are so inflated this year. And if you feel that like a guy like Elmer Soderbaum can just fill his role next year or someone else can just take his spot and have a similar impact or a different type of good impact, um, that might be one for you to hop on pretty quickly because I think you'd be able to get a decent package back for a guy like him. Yeah. Andy? It's kind of the perfect assumption or two enough roundup of what Grant said, I guess. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't go in as a super like eager to sell or buy, obviously, but uh, like the right deal comes across your table where you get good assets in return and it's a player like, you know, Kubalik that you think could be filled easily next year or within a couple different players trying to fill in that spot next year. They could kind of have to go for it. Why not? Get what you can. Um, Peron's interesting because, like, I'd like to see him stay, but I don't know. How many years do he have? One more year after this year, though? Yeah. 
Yep. So you'd have to, I'm assuming if he's going to a contender that's going to go in, you'd have to retain at least 50 in a three-way trade possibly. So that's what, two and a half-ish, two, 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 twenty-five? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It'd be yeah, like 2.375 or 2.35. Yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it would. Uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of a different one though, because if you consider him like leadership right now, I don't think he gets sold. I think that would be probably a yeah. no go. <laughs> then you have other players like Verona, like he's just sitting down in the AHL. So who knows what's going to come up with that? Yeah, that one's a really interesting one right now. I kind of forgot like to he, mention that he could be. A, part of the answer to why we're not scoring either like he could be helping us up here but he's just in Grand Rapids so I don't know it's tough not to read into that yeah like he's like we said before we got on air here um, he's starting to find his game in Grand Rapids he's been scoring a lot like well decent amount lately and he's just still down there so I who knows yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of viewing it a little bit differently personally. Um, I think they need to be aggressive one way or the other. Not like go balls to the wall, like buying like expiring deals, but looking for creative trades and players that can help you for the now and the future. Um, uh, and if and if you kind of, it depends. Because if you're kind of just standing pat, like we're kind of assuming Dylan Larkin staying, right? I mean, the report from Anzercon is they agreed on term at eight years, but they're kind of juggling somewhere between eight and nine million. Larkin obviously wanted to be in closer to nine. Steve Eisman closer to eight. Obviously, probably seems like it'd be somewhere like the eight point five range, which yeah. fair, fair value. But if you're kind of just standing <laughs> pat at the deadline of just kind of playing standard quo, like "Ooh, Alimata might get traded for a second round pick," you're not really moving the needle at all. You're like, I don't know what we're building towards. So it kind of just like comes to my question, like, what should they do? I'm looking at guys like, I mean, Bertuzzi, like Grant said, it's a very interesting one. Like, what's his value at this point? Well, I mean, standing pat while like feeling out offers, obviously, but you're yeah. not going to just go rush something to rush something. No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that either. I'm saying like you try to like gauge the market and look at players who, who could be in situations where. They have a lot more talent than like a guy like Marty Natchez last year, who was in a situation who wasn't really, and then now look at him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Lark, I think Larkin's just an interesting one because again, we've we've talked about it a lot with like where this core is. Because my only untouchables currently on the team are Lucas Raymond and Ward Sider, and then prospects being um Casper and Edmondson. My only untouchables. Everything everything else can be taken. Depending on the de- uh, depending on the price, my opinion. Jake, Wall. I'll pay. I'll pay. I'll pay someone to. Uh, Jake Wallman. I'll pay, I'll pay someone to take out of Ernie. Norris Canada, Jake Wallman. Kind like honestly though, like not uh, unironically, he's been great. Uh, I I would want to keep him. It would take a lot for me to like if you sell high on him, I'd I'd get it. Like if it's if you're bringing back a huge return, he should be the highest paid player next year in the league. According to Donald Decisions model, he's not far off. Not far off. Nearly eight million dollars he's worth. So better than McKinnon. Better than McKinnon. Um that's kind of where I like I think like Bertuzzi's such an interesting one, like you were saying. Because one, he's obviously an expiring deal. They've he's open to resigning according to Dave Pagnata, which he's also reporting that Larkin's super upset with the Red Wings and so I don't know. I'd I'd take that guy with a grain of salt. I don't <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's ever broken any. Like I think I've said in the podcast part. I don't think he's broken every anything in his life. I can't tell you one Dave Pagnotta tweet that broke news, and I was like, "Oh, that happened." You don't think he's ever broken a dish before? Oh, oh that's true. He probably has. Yeah. He probably dropped a glass or something in the kitchen. Yeah, I've even broken a glass before. Yeah, that's true. I've done that. Yeah, yeah. but in terms of trades, I purposely, yeah. purposely have. Oh, the other day. Yeah. Oh, okay. You want to talk about anger. it? No anger management. <laughs> Okay, you and Dave go to the same class or what? Uh, we uh, we frequent. Nice. 
friend of the <laughs> friend of the show, Dave Pagnata. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, so he says Larkin's upset with the contract offer. Yada yada. I don't really believe it. I actually I believe Anzer Khan over him right now. To be honest, I feel like he's more in touch of what's going on. Anywho, with Bertuzzi, this guy's got guys got one goal and five points and. I think fifteen or sixteen games this year. Was last yeah. year an ad- was last year just an admiration, like 30, 30, 30 plus thirty. Um, I know it's it's super tough to judge him on his hand injuries and like he hasn't really gotten any rhythm. But in terms of his puck yeah, management, that's... his brain, like you look at it, like his puck decisions are terrible this year. Nothing to do with his skill. No, it's. I don't think like th- I think thirty and thirty might be like a stretch. I don't. Obvi- obviously, thirty thirty is a stretch. I just don't no, think not, it's not obvious fair to like he did I, it last year. <laughs> I don't know. Demona like empty netters he squeezed away, and I don't know. I they think I think yeah. I think it's a stretch though. Um, I think he's a good player. I oh yeah, hundred think... percent. He's he. I still think he's a like a second line winger. But yeah, he's a, he's a top issue, six player. The issue is he, he. I think he's going to be wanting paid more than that, and he's going to want term for well, a guy who's never. He, he's, he's never. He's never healthy. He's going to know that he's not able to. Like he's obviously played seventeen games this year, and he's been banged up for every single one of them. It's hard to really yeah. get a read on his game this season because you haven't been able to. No, seventeen I, games. Games have been stretched out very. Yes, apart. and he's been and, playing everyone off of an injury. Like, every stretch of games that he's played, it's been, like, five games here, five games there after an injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do I think he's a 30-goal scorer every year? No. Do I think he's at least a 20-25 to 25 goal scorer a year? Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that, too. But it's just the question of what's that worth on this team. Because he'll view himself as one of the best players on the team, which is true. He's one of the best players on this team. Easily right now. Yeah. But, but, like, how much do you give him in terms of that, like, his value, perceived value onto this I, team? I would like you to bring that question back up in a month. Okay. When he's been playing for a while. That's fair. Knock on, wood. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> Knock on wood. Do it. Ugh. Yeah. I, that? No, I heard it. Thank you. <laughs> That's kind of where I was thinking, though, like... <laughs> It's hard to tell because obviously, he's his past seasons were. I mean, even so, like, was it two years ago when he had his back injury? He had seven goals and. Or was it ten? Goals he played, 10 he played games like nine game nine games. He had five goals and like two assists, I think, or something like that. Yeah, during the during the shortened season. Mm-hmm. Then he was out for the rest of the year. Then last year he popped off, and then this year he game game one or two he was been gone. So, like he, he he's proven he can do it. It's just he can't stay healthy so um one guy at work his favorite line is the best ability is availability yeah that's it's, it's true it's very valid it's true i mean I, I think it makes it so impressive of like cider and raymond starts to their careers they have missed a single game knock on wood knock on yeah knock on wood as well but i mean you can argue about like oh they're down a little bit this year yada yada but i mean they're they're there and they're developing so it's, it's important, yeah. but not not to say like Bertuzzi is like developing still, but it's a guy who he's not in the lineup and he's not bringing any value to your team when he's in the he's on the IR sheet. Yeah. So and again, he has I think he still has plenty of perceived value. Again, I think I see it every single year for the past three years that the Maple Leafs are kicking tires on Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah. You know what I mean? Excuse and me. and again, like I think it's tough right now because I mean if you feel like you can't come to terms with the contract, you need to you need to sell. Yeah, so like right now, today, he's in front of you, you're Stevie Y. Where are you signing him to? I'm not signing him for anything more than I don't like four years. Four By years? Yeah. Dollar I'm value? Being, dollar okay. value, I'd go four or five years and I'd go like no more than like six a year. See, that's even a bit much for me right now. Yeah, four I'd years probably you, you think even less four by six is a bit much i think he hasn't proved that he can stay healthy yeah that's what I, I, th- I, I think if he was healthy that'd be an awesome deal but i mean i see i think i think him, if, if you're giving him, up, if you're giving him six mil i'm not giving him more than two years yeah I'll give him a, uh, yeah a four by four 
four I'd by say four and a half, half, maybe five. Maybe five just because he decided to stay. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. If I'm, he wants I'm, term, I'm, that's, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, I, I just uh, I think it makes me even more likely that he's going to move then. Because I feel like that's going to be the number. The number I suggest is going to be the number closer to the range he's asking. It's totally possible. Yeah. I, like, again, I, coming off last year, I feel like if they were to talk an extension then, his number would have been closer to like seven mil, I think. 30, 30 yeah. plus 30 guy, that's nearly a point per game guy because he was like, it was 62 points, I think, in 68 games on a team yeah. that was garbage. So definitely it's an interesting thing. But again, you go into who would be interested. What is he worth right now? Because again, Toronto, like there's not many pieces in Toronto that like I'm using Toronto as an example. Like besides like Matthew Nyes, I'm not really too interested in really anyone else, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I, don't think they're, I don't think they're giving up Matthew Nyes for Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah. <laughs> Give me Austin I mean, Matthews. Yeah, they, I mean, sure. I'll take Mitch Marner. <laughs> Don't let that add. They'll let that yeah. end for sure. Uh, I'm not taking the old man bunting, but yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, no, but the, the Red Wings have a couple guys like again, like another guy like Heronic, who I've been talking about a little bit recently in the past couple days. Has he had a breakout season? Yes. Is it repeatable? I think that's the question I phrased to you both. Is it repeatable? And do you think this is the Philip Heronic we're gonna get? For the rest, or is this kind of just a peak and he's going to slide back to where he was? I think he's already kind of slid back. Or is that a Ben Sherrod effect? I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's not a bad slide back. It's like he's still playing good hockey. He's just not putting up five goals in every eight games. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think he's still been like reasonable defensively and like still putting making really nice offensive plays. He's just not being a top five offensive defenseman in the league, which I wouldn't expect from him. That's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Do I think he can sustain this level of play? Yes, I do. hundred percent. Okay. And I thought, I still think he's playing really quite well, which is really good for the Red Wings. Especially when you have three defensemen that are playing really good hockey. And then... Yeah, my my quips my quips are mostly with the offense on this team. Defensively, mm-hmm. like I feel like the defensemen specifically, I feel like are honestly not the okay. problem. Out of the six regulars right now, who's the one that you find yourself picking at the most? Trot. Easily. Yeah. Other than that, like in terms of expectation, I'm pretty happy with everyone else. I'm very happy. The only one I other, other like the only other player that I pick at once in a while is Osterly. But he's a, he's a number seven on any good team. Debatable. I think it's all circumstantial with him. Like, I think Detroit's really found a way to put him in the right spot this year. And I think he's been very successful. It's when he tries love, to do love... two. Me too. He's a, he's a fantastic skater and he's good at handling the puck. It's when he tries to do make one extra play or he doesn't do the simple play. Like when he's playing straight up and down hockey, like, and just, staying put and playing simple like he him and Mata have been so good at moving the puck in the ozone to each other mm-hmm. and then you watch Mata fake like three shots until the lane opens up and shoot Ostri will fake one shot and then think the lane opens up and he'll shoot and then it'll be back the other way that's my gripe with Ostri but I think otherwise he's done a very good job this season and I think Detroit's put him in a really good spot to succeed which yeah. makes you think he could be a sixth defenseman. Yeah, I mean, I'm open. Like, if the Reddings were to co- like sign him to a similar deal as they did, like a one year, like one l- less than one point five million, like sure, come on, I'm, down. I'm all for it. Yeah, you yeah. need depth, man, and he's quality. Like, I mean, he he's coming in, he's doing okay. I, I completely agree with you. Do I view him as more of a seven guy? Sure, but I mean, he could be a, he's I, a six. I and view a pinch. him. I view him as a six and a seven. I don't think he's a six and a pinch. I okay. think he's six on a mid-tier team. All right. The Red Wings Fair are enough. a mid-to-bottom tier mid to bottom tier team. I do have to admit, though, like, Ali Mata, like, I think he's, I, I honestly, he's my most, like, he's the guarantee, I think, getting traded the deadline. Just because he's on a one-year deal, he's got a good, he's got good contract to move. And he's played very well this season. And he's played really well this year. Like, I feel like that's a second-round pick written all over it. Yeah, he's very, very solid back there. Overlooked a lot, too, like. 
Which Once bums me out because I'd I'd love to keep him in a an ideal world. And sign him back in July. Yeah, my only thing is if you look future outlook of the Detroit's left side, I kind of I kind of feel like that's he's being inched out. Thanks, Ben Schrock. Yeah, that's uh definitely a stain on the good old Iser plan. That's for sure. Not his best work. And it only took forty eight <sighs> games to realize it. Again, that I trade think he, or that signing my age like milk. At least he's only making like it is almost five million, uh, but like in the sense of like the cap going up and it only being three years. Hopefully going up. Yeah, hopefully going up. It's thanks, true. Bally Sports. Yeah, holy shit, we could talk about that a little bit too. Oh my god, <laughs> that's not good. Now that you bring it up right now, I'm just gonna let's get into it. Like, yeah, Bally Sports files for bankruptcy, and uh, I'm worried. I hopefully, like in terms of like everyone at Bally Sports Detroit. Um, I hope they all like are able to land on their feet because I think they I think they generally do a great job in terms of coverage. I think they're like Red Wings fans are pretty spoiled in terms of coverage. Most of the Bally Sports broadcasts are pretty like are pretty great. I'm yeah, to be honest. Some of my uh, favorite broadcasts in yeah. the league are Bally like, Sports. Da- like off the top of my head, Dallas is a good broadcast. Carol- Carolina's great. Carolina's Colorado. great. Colorado's not Colorado. Bally. They're uh yeah, they're what's it called? Ball or altitude whatever. or whatever. Altitude, yeah. Oh, also um, good job, I Andy. Way to drop the ball. I think Columbus has a good uh, Columbus. They were Bally Columbus. last year, weren't they? No, no, they've always been altitude. Come on, Andy, get with it. Come on. Um, no, it's it's a uh, it's definitely a little scary in terms of I know Fridge is breaking it down on thirty two thoughts. Definitely concerning in terms of a cap Minnesota. perspective. Minnesota is another really good one. Oh, good one, yes. No, they all do. Uh, they all like they're all very talented. I know they'll all get picked up eventually by something. I know there's been talks about like streaming services for like teams and stuff, which would be a nightmare. Depending if like ESPN Plus doesn't, if ESPN Plus picks everything up, then I think it's okay. Um, also, sign up for ESPN Plus, uh, insiderink.com slash ESPN Plus. Um, but no, Bally Sports definitely concerning because that's a uh, in a in the how the revenue works for this league. That's one of the biggest uh, money makers. For good old Gary. And Gary's going to go to the owners and be like, we have no money. And then Gary, Gary Batman. Yeah, Gary Batman. He, he's the hero to all of the, <laughs> the slime. He's, he's the opposite Batman. You know what I mean? Batman kind of protects the innocent, but Gary protects the, the crummy owners. <laughs> well, definitely... Gary, it's Gary Batman, not Batman. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's the opposite Batman. But anyway, um, we're way off topic. But no, I, I'm thinking of everyone at Bally. I hopefully people land on their feet. I think there's a bunch of talented people that work there, in terms of the media side, not their not their business side, because obviously they made some bad choices. But yeah, but yeah. Anyway, Ben Sherratt, not great right now. Back to basically, there's a long way of saying Ben Sherratt, not good. <laughs> Bankrupt. I <laughs> liked his game. I've liked his game at some points, but like. A lot of times I'm like, dude, what are you doing? In the defensive zone, I, I don't think he knows what he's doing. He's runs around. Yeah. He's like, I'm yeah. gonna hit someone when the puck is he, he the puck goes where he's supposed to be. He's always good for a good flip the puck over the glass, too. Ooh, he loves that's his favorite penalty. Arguably more than cross checking, which is kind of surprising. <laughs> <to me. laughs> yeah, if if you would have told me that he's gonna take more delay of games this year than cross-checking penalties, I would have told you you're drunk. <laughs> he does kind of give, like, Mark Stahl vibes of, like, how insane he is in the offensive zone, which I do appreciate. But, like, it's, yeah, not, it's not worth nearly $5 million a year. No, he's... he's... We could have kept Mark Stahl. <laughs> I would have just kept Mark Stahl for minimum league min if I knew this was going to get... He's better than Mark Stahl in the offensive zone. Like, he, he can make stuff happen, but I think Mark Stahl would throw people off so much that he <laughs> almost make more happen. And that's the problem with this. Well, contract. Mark Stahl, a- agent of chaos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what game was it last year where he had like two breakaways, like had partial breakaways? Mark Stahl. I don't remember. I remember just... all I remember is his wraparound that went so bad that it ended up to Bertuzzi backdoor and they scored. Yeah. And everyone's yeah. like, what a pass, Mark. But if you look closely, just slid <laughs> off his stick. <laughs> he had a two goal. Game. He had a two goal game in Edmonton. You remember that, Mark Stahl? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what. And I then two clappers. Ken yeah. Holland offered Iserman a first for him at the deadline, and Iserman <laughs> said two first in Holloway, and 
Ken Holland. Hung Ken, Holland Ken Holland backed out. He he was yeah. mad though. He slammed the phone. He was he was close to do it. Yeah. Um, no. So bench rot is kind of just been the the negative there. And again, as people have kind of been flaming Eisman on Twitter recently, which I don't know, whatever. That is one I do agree with. Like it's, it doesn't look good so far, especially when you look at what you guys what you have coming up, and a player like Ali Mata and like even Jake Wallman, for example, two guys who I would I would be pushing to be re-signed. Mm-hmm. And you kind of make it tough with the guy who's already locked up on the left side. Yeah, definitely makes it interesting because ar- um, arguably your best, your biggest strength, your pro- not arguably the biggest strength of your prospect pool is your left easily side of defense easily. With Edvinson Wallander, who are both guys, are probably gonna, might probably gonna. I mean, Edvinson definitely will be a, probably be a top four guy. And Wallander's trending, trending to be a top four guy. Johansson's trending to be an NHL defenseman. Yep. McIsaac has been playing like he still wants to be an NHL defenseman. Then you have Vero and Sobrango, and you have Bouillon in college yet. Yeah. Which, who knows on those guys? But there's just so <laughs> much depth there. And then the right side, you all you really have is like maybe two Amisto. Yeah, that's basically. I wouldn't even count like Anton Johansson. You have him. Don't know what you have there, really yet. So and yeah, then, yeah, a lot of question marks. And I mean, but again, defense is definitely where the Red Wings have their most depth of guys who could play in the NHL. Finding a guy who's like better suited to bottom pair is not not hard to find at all. I mean, Troy Stetcher basically went for free this summer, and he rules. I love Troy Stetcher. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and again, other pieces that we, we kind of talked about. Verona Zadina is another name. Super interested about. Super interested. And again, they were all pieces like we were talking. I, again, I talked about the trade at the beginning that I had the whole show planned around Bobo Horvat, and those are all guys I could have seen like being in packages for Bo Horvath. But after like looking at that trade, the Islanders, obviously the final being uh, Anthony Beauvillier, Atu Ratu in a, in a conditional 2023 first and the conditions on that trade not being favorable for the Islanders. Uh, I'm kind of glad the Red Wings did not match that because that would have been a lot. That would have been a lot, a lot. That would have been a lot. What um, would that equal? What would the equivalent to Beauvillier Ratu and a first B. So, Verana. How much older is Verana? Bovillia is twenty five. Verana is twenty six. They're okay. basically it's it, they're one draft year apart. It's basically okay, the same so thing, I guess. Verana. Verana. Two guys are similar. Um, a lesser Ratu. prospect probably than Ratu. Ratu, I would probably go somewhere like Ratu be kind of like in the Bergeron camp of quality. I'd probably go. I'd probably go Lesser than that, you think so? I th- I think so. I think Veron is quite a bit ahead of Villiers. Okay, so a little bit lesser. You got a guy like Soderblom. Yeah, maybe Soderblom. I think we'll just call it fill in. Yeah, Soderblom, sure. And so then get... and then the first, which is kind of like the same as Red Wings have right now. Which a team who's on the outside. It's top twelve protected, but then unprotected in 2024 which is no guarantee obviously like if you're trading for him you're expecting to make the playoffs next year but there's no guarantees in that I mean look at the Florida Panthers right now yeah who, who could be getting bit hard by Ben Sherrod I'm so, not I'm not comfortable giving up Soderblom in a first where the team's at right now no I was personally pushing for Bo Horvat. I mean I thought it was kind of the conversation going to be Simply for the fact that I think the Red Wings need to be aggressive and try to make changes. Unless you're you you've deemed that this core is like if you you're now building for the Cider Raymond core, which I I think it should be the case. But then I'd argue, what's the sense of bringing back Larkin then? If that's the plan, just leadership and a good player. I, I know think... he's a he's a great player, but then you're never going to get to the point where you're in lottery contention. We're always going to be this middling team that's kind of flirting. Well, you can tech. still prepare to be a good team with this core. You can, but it's just going to take longer. It's going to be harder to do. I know well, there's you, no guarantees in law. I'm but... saying you can still like prep a good team like in the next couple of years, and then have this be the core. Like you can be a good team, and then you get better as time progresses. 
it's not just an instant snap of a finger and you're a great team. No, I know that. I know. It's just kind of like how I kind of view it in the sense of are we taking step back steps back or are we kind of just staying keel? Because I, I think you should be progressively trying to take a step forward. And right now, if you're signing Larkin and you're not making any other additional moves, again, I'm saying this hypothetically, then you're kind of just kicking the can again for another year of, great, we're going to pick 10th overall and not not make the playoffs and not be playing meaningful games by February. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You're you're banking on a lot of development. Which I think that's a lot of the plan. I I do think they are going to feel out moves, obviously, with like some of these names like Bertuzzi, like Verona. Mm -hmm. Those are two of the bigger names, I think, that are going to be felt. And if you think you can make a significant improvement to the team. And I I still think this should be said, too. Like, how comfortable does Larkin feel about staying when a guy like Bertuzzi is getting traded? No, it's kind of my point also with Hypothetically. The Horvat situation, you're kind of showing like, hey, listen, and and the Red Wings were very much reported to be in it. Rick yeah. Dollywall was reporting on it again. Even today, Friedman even said it again today on Dollywall show. Um, I know someone floated it out there. There's an idea maybe like Eisman's were Eisman's like throwing his name out there simply for the fact to try to get Larkin in negotiations, saying like, hey, I can replace you, even though I think Larkin's a superior player. But still, like mute mute point like. I was thinking with two centers of similar caliber for the for the next eight years in theory. You're pretty well set. I mean, again, it still doesn't answer your it doesn't solve all your issues. Definitely. It doesn't even make you the best center core in the Atlantic. With teams like Toronto and um I mean Tampa even still has probably a better center core than what those two would have brought. Am I missing another team? Tampa, Boston, Toronto. Boston currently. Um. Yeah, that's probably it. Right. So again, not. I'd, just... I'd argue even Florida, if you count Lundell as a center. That's a good point. Yeah, I know he's playing the wings right now, but I, I, think he, I, think he, I think he's a center, but personally, but um, I don't try and things. So I don't know. Me, I was just thinking, you're trying to make these steps forward. I know ideally, like again, with then with this package in mind too, because I know the reported ask was three three players in the top prospect, which in terms of prospects, the Red Wings can match any competitive team's top prospect with like their their fifth or sixth guy. Right? Yeah. In in theory. So I was thinking like the price would and a guy like Horonic who maybe is peaked and the the Canucks wanting a right handed defenseman. Throwing him in there and a guy like Joe Valeno or something or Phillips, you know. My only concern with getting rid of Veronic is you're making another hole. I agree. A giant. But again, hole. what's what's a what's a harder hole to fill then? A top six center or a, a second pair of defensemen? Yes, but you don't have any right-handed defensemen on the come up. You have a lot more possible centers than right-handed defensemen. That's my only give on that. And that's why I don't feel comfortable trading Heronic unless you're getting something back on the right side of defense. You have nobody. Like, you have Casper coming up. He's a possible middle six center. You have Valeno, who's possibly going to become a middle six center. You have Rasmussen, who's going to possibly become a middle six center. I know he's playing a lot more wing right now. You have Cobb, who's supposed to be a middle six center, but who knows about that, too. Yeah, those are four guys right there. You have zero player. Do you want? I know Gustav Lindstrom is the next best option on the right hand <laughs> defense. He's the next best. He's the next best thing out there. Yeah, Nick Lindstrom. No, I, 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 I get it. And again, I'm not like I don't want Phil Pernick on. If this is last year, I'm banging on the table. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. Me too. I'm all reared, I'm all reared up. I think Philip. I'm I'm more in the camp. I think Philip Ronick can can play as a second pair defenseman, and be good. Me too. And he's young. And I think the Red Wings have kind of viewed this like, okay, yeah, Philip Ronick. You got Mo Sider. You got Edvinson. Hopefully, Wallman. That's a pretty solid top four. To me, that the idea of trading Ronick in a package for Horvat is a step back. Okay. Because I don't think you're going to be able to find a right-handed defenseman without a pretty decent price tag. 
Yeah. And you have centers you're trying to build into that mold. I guess it kind of goes back into my idea of what the Red Wings view themselves as next next year. And Horvat isn't that player that you're. He's not that elite elite talent that's going to. No, I'm not. I'm not saying again. I'm I'm saying he's a Dylan Larkin type, a little bit less Uh, than Dylan Larkin. uh, He's yeah, a little bit less than Dylan Larkin. And I I never I never said he's a full answer. I'm saying he's 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 a he fills a need. Of a top six center. He's a top six center. We can agree on that. I don't think he's an 80 point guy. I think he's more of a 65 point guy. Great. Same thing as Larkin. Larkin's maybe a 70 point guy. And he's good defensively, too. Yeah. Great on faceoffs. Killer. Probably arguably one of the best power play guys in the league. Is it bump, is Does it he make you immediately better? Yes. Yes. Um, It just creates another hole if you're trading Heronic. That's why I think, like, if you're. The trajectory is a lot better if you're moving a guy like Burana and something else. And then yeah. possibly like a Valeno or a, a Soderblom in that sense. But I'm not sure if I'm still wanting to do that mm-hmm. because Definitely. of the age factor. Yeah. Yep. I, I get it. And again, nah, I've, I've soured on it. Definitely. I was like pretty gung-ho about it. I'll fully admit, but... I think this is the right move. Again, I, I kind of just looking for the next year. If you're expecting Casper to be like a center right away, I think you're going to be a little disappointed. I think he needs to play a year in the wing if he's going to make the NHL next year. That's not a guarantee, but I know he's looked really good. I, I would say late. he's probably going to start in the minors next year, which is good. I mean, I'm I'm happy with that. I'm just saying I he's. Been I don't really, think they should rush him. I think just physically and like the way he skates and competes, I think he, I, he's very appealing to any NHL coach. Stylistically. His game translates well. It's just the point of, I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to be in their top six right away. Definitely. So, I know, like, the, the Reddings just lack elite talent, and the trick is right now of getting past that and trying to get some elite talent. I know this draft will help, and right now, I mean, the Red Wings are trending towards picking a little bit higher than what we were expecting, I think. But it, it, right now, like, it's just where the Red Wings are at. I, I think I titled the last episode Crossroads have where which way you go and it's still unclear at this point and it's not really our job it's not our job even though i did ask you guys to be steve eisman i enjoyed that yeah but yeah a few dollars yeah spend start some fun coupons maybe yeah yeah no yeah you get verona again that's such an interesting one it's been pretty good late zadina it's getting frustrating i'd like to know what's going on a little bit more I wish. Yeah, I I do like the sense of the Red Wings like keeping pretty things close to the vest, but also like I don't know immediate availability here and there. Get, like I know Eisman will have his immediate availability in a month when the after post trade deadline, and I'm sure he'll get grilled about everything. But I don't know. I'd be curious what what his thought process is, or I know he'd give you give us a non answer, but I'd be I'd be curious to still see what he says. Yeah, and I know Andy even kind of wonder what Phillips Dina is too, and I know he's. His he got pushed back with his lower body injury, which has been pretty tongue in cheek of like what's going on. Not tongue in cheek, close to the vest. I don't know why I said tongue in cheek. Of what actually like is ailing him, and he was supposed to play one of the games. They're hopefully he's going to play against either Montreal or the Islanders, and they push it back so he can rest more. I'm really curious to see what his game looks like, and if he's a guy. I mean, he only played nine games this year, so I mean, what's his value? Yeah. So, I mean, it's tough. But I could see him, I mean, maybe being a guy as well that's moved. It's like a change of scenery or something like that. I know we said that last year, too, but maybe it's this year. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Like I said, I like to see him get into games for the deadline. Ideally, if trading or keeping Verona, either way, get him back up to showcase him a bit. Maybe see if there if there is turmoil there. Maybe mend some fences and keep them for another year. Then trade them next year, even. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I thought like a name that I came guess to it, mind. It's just frustrating. Name that came to mind Go with Verona is Besser for me. A one for one. Yeah. I know the I think yeah. the Red Wings would need to get a little more back because Besser has a bigger cap. But I don't know, just a name. Yeah. 
just a name that I thought of. And they, they're kind of similar situations of both are seemingly unhappy in their situations and can right. score, but haven't really put it together this year and similar ages. Right. It's just frustrating when you have a team that's lacking scoring and that's could be an answer. And we've seen it to be an answer in times. And he said, no, we're going to wrap it. That's, that's just frustrating. I don't know. I'm happy for him. He's, yeah. He's scoring. Like he's again. playing well. Yeah. I mean, Elmer, so- Elmer Soderblom as well, a little two goal game action. Good to see. Yeah. Good to see. Um, I don't have, I don't have too much else. I think that was the, the big topic was the trade deadline. And as it kind of being a month out, um, now, now I'm all in on Timo Meyer. Let's go. Bring him in. Grant was Rose it New Jersey? Nice. New Jersey? I think he's going to end up in Jersey. Yeah. It'll yeah. crush me. It'll crush me because they those fans have come insufferable this year. Well, I hate it. I hate you it. think so? I think a little bit. I'm annoyed. I'm a little bit annoyed by New Jersey fans. To be honest, they're not as bad as Rangers fans, but they're they're getting close for me. I think Buffalo fans are really annoying too. Sorry, Carson. But not Carson though. Buffalo, Ottawa. My oh, list. Yes. My list right now goes. Ooh, let's do that. I, I let's do this. Yeah, let's. What let's... are we doing? Top fives or. Yeah, let's the top five most annoying fan bases, Twitter fan bases. This again, obviously, doesn't speak for a whole crowd, but obviously, the Rangers are number one. It's not even a question for me. Probably the Leafs are number two. They're just like so whiny and obnoxious. Um, number three would probably be Ottawa. Four probably Montreal. Yeah, you get Montreal high. Montreal's annoying. Um, yeah. and five would probably be high Buffalo. <sighs> Interesting. Big yawn for me. Grant's list is boring. I guess I don't know. Andy, do you have a list or no? Yeah, Rangers for Ooh, sure. We're all going Rangers. Um, yeah, Rangers number one. I say Montreal too. I just I don't know. I, my couple of buddies are Montreal fans, and you the Canadian. You got the Canadian. Bias. Actually, you know what? I'll I'll stop about New Jersey for Buffalo. The more I'm thinking about it, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I I, um, I remembered some tweets in my head. Buffalo's not that not as bad as I'm thinking. I just hate that. There's a certain there's a certain guy who we don't like in Buffalo Twitter. I don't know who that is. There's a couple the one that guys. we started the we started the podcast with, like the the one we started the podcast on. The oh, NT Rider. Yeah, yeah. Kind There's a couple other ones that I can't stand too that are a little bit delusional, but mm-hmm. um, they're way better than New Jersey fans. Who else, Andy? Uh, you know, Montreal uh, too. The, yeah, the Montreal too. Then Toronto. Um. <clears throat> Friggin', did you guys see Jeff O'Neill's intro to their show over on what's it called Overdrive mm-hmm. last week when Matthews? Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna be for winning, we're gonna win the cup this year, or if they lose without Austin Matthews, we have nothing without him and we need him or something. Like that. It was like he's like, <laughs> two, no matter what these streams. Yeah, he's like, no matter what, these next three weeks are gonna be a living hell if you're not a Leafs fan. <laughs> Unreal. Um, but yeah, like. Probably I don't know. Ottawa doesn't really bother me much. Like I don't really pay attention to them, so out of sight, out of mind, I guess. Right. Um. I don't know. It used to be Vancouver because I never liked what they did after they lost the cup. But what they've done with Bruce lately. I think Vancouver. Oh, never mind. No more New Jersey. New Jersey's sixth. The Bruins are fifth. Ooh, interesting. The Bruins are so the Bruins fans are really annoying. As we're as we're kind of run by a website with all Bruins fans, so yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Who cares? <laughs> they don't care. Um, they don't care. Obnoxious. I don't know. I always I think Islanders too, though. Islanders are annoying. I think the Islanders, the fans this year are pretty like I think they kind of know what they're doing. Like besides like now the Horvat trade, they think they're kind of all in no offense around Fugue. I love you, buddy. Um, I love. But, I like the Islanders. I embrace the Islanders culture. That's kind of where I'm at too. That's kind of I, I feel. About, I, that's how I feel about Vancouver fans as well. Like they're like so miserable and, and like know. they hate their team. They hate their team. 
Yeah. Or hate the management. They love their team. They hate the management, which as they should. Yeah. Okay. My list, the official list. One, definitely the Rangers. Easy. I'm going Devils at two. They've this year they've really they've plumped they've wow. the power rankings. They've along with their their standings ranking, they've gone up there. Yeah, they're crazy. three. I'm going Sens. Sens Army, baby. Sickos. The sickos are driving me sick, if you know what I'm saying. The the Mark Mathot stuff of like he's like how he just attacks like Leafs stuff every time. I'm like, dude, you couldn't be little brother more. It's kind of annoying. Um, I go Leafs at four after I just said that. I do think they're delusional, but I think it's I think they're inflated, but just by how many fans they have. So I think like per capita, they're not as much, but just because they have such a big fan base, it's it's inflated on Twitter because just more people are on Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are more bad takes because there are more fans. Five. Who am I going to go five? Boston. No, I don't have a huge problem with Boston fans, to be honest. Maybe because I live in the area. Um, I don't have a huge problem with Boston fans on Twitter, to be honest. Ten, ten-year-olds flip me off. On the they do. Boston fans, I do. I will give you. They do not know how to value their prospects. When Fabian Lysel is thrown around as a top prospect, I'm a little bit concerned. He's not. He would literally rank like somewhere like in the seven range in Detroit's prospect pool, maybe even eight. Um, I can't think of a, like a fifth team to be honest. Who am I missing? Who else did you guys list? Who would you have above the cell that high? Holy man! I don't know. Maybe I'm over exaggerating. I think you're a little bit over exaggerating. Just let me let me have my point, okay? We talked about now. Yeah, we can talk about this after. Should I still like a random team? It's like Arizona or something. I'm kidding. Um, what what man. fans? Well, so you, who can you guys run your list again? Oh, I feel like I'm missing someone. Toronto, Ottawa, or mine went Rangers, Toronto. I'm switching it. Boston, Ottawa, and who is the other one? Oh, uh, Canadians. Ah, oh, Habs. That's what that's the one I was missing. I'm not throwing them in there, but I, I kind of get it. Um, Florida has no fans, so therefore they're kind of irrelevant in this situation. I, I like Philly's fans, too. They're oh, Edmonton. Goals. Edmonton will go five. I like Edmonton. Edmonton's fans. Oh, they drive me nuts, too. I just love how they whine about Ken Holland. I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> that, is, that is funny. It's reminiscent. <laughs> yeah. it brings me back to the good old days, that's for sure. I don't hate Edmonton fans because of that reason. I feel for them. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> I'm, happy, I'm happy it's elsewhere, but I feel for them. I I'm, like, here ta- I'm like, here, take Olimata for two first, but I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> In the process, I apologize. Um, maybe, man, maybe you're talking me off of this ledge. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not Edmonton. Boston at five. I'm not. I'm not Boston. I'm not Boston. Calgary fans, they're freaking psycho too. Calgary fans are psycho. It's a battle of Alberta for the fifth spot, and I think actually Calgary's <laughs> gone in. Calgary's won the battle of Alberta. <laughs> Calgary finally wins the battle of Alberta by by stipulation. Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. Is that the word I was yeah. Good stuff. Um, man. That was a fun. I I didn't expect that to be a topic, but that was a little fun. You know what? I, Looking I, back I at it, I love Ken Holland. Okay, I love what he's. Done the, he creates Edmonton. nothing but good content for the NHL. Yeah, yeah. Nothing but true. good stuff. Like you can, you can, and he's he has he's been right about one thing, and how long rebuilds actually take. A good rebuild. <laughs> he said rebuilds take eight years, and that's why he never wanted to do one. Granted, the Red Wings yeah. should have done one a lot earlier, but he's right. It's been it's been a long time, and he loves you know to what? sign. He loves to sign questionable contracts. Give that man no salary cap. You'll have a cup. <laughs> he can spend money. Oh, he can. Him and Chuck Fletcher should have a contest to see who can who can light more money <laughs> on fire. It would be close. It would be close. Chuck Fletcher yeah. just signed Rasmus Ristolainen into eternity. Yeah, he's he's made some ground up, but. On Kenny, but Kenny has got a long. Yeah, Kenny's long still rest. the goat. He's still yeah. the goat. That's for sure. Man, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck Fletcher is the whole reason why we had a lockout in 2013, though. So let's not let's not forget about that. <laughs> he does get some leeway there. But if Chuck Fletcher didn't exist, the lockout would have happened because of Ken Holland, because yeah. he want he was going to sign 
Ryan Suter. It's that massive deal. Let's not forget yeah. that. Thank you, Kenny, for not getting that done. <laughs> thank, thank you. No, thank we you got to Chuck, Chuck Fletcher. Fletcher. Thank yeah. you, Chuck Fletcher. Yeah. For not getting that done. Um <laughs> what an end. Um, that's about all I got for this episode, unless you guys have any other fun topics you want to throw out. Um, I just went on Twitter and I saw that David Pagnota tweeted, Well, I was told sooner than later, LOL. Shut up, Dave. About the the trade. But that was kind of funny. Yeah, insider. He was I don't know, I don't know what he's doing. Working his working oh, his yeah. actual working his actual day job because there's no way he's an insider for his full time job. We have twenty three minutes until we meet. Twenty three minutes until we meet. Eight forty five p.m. every Monday night. Anger management. Oh, oh. gotcha. Oh, you and Dave. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Us. Oh, I think we're gonna end it there. So Andy's not late for his his meeting. Yeah. Um, thank you everyone for tuning into what was a chaotic episode of the production line podcast um please check us out on twitter at tpl pod uh follow us on apple podcasts subscribe leave a rating uh make sure you check out inside the rink a lot of good stuff our merch is up there uh, a lot of content coming out i'm back on the writing train a little bit so be on the lookout for my next article and yeah thank you yeah.